Ahoy hoy, welcome back to another episode of the Hitchcock Minute. Each week, minute-by-minute hosts, like us, examine the 1959 Alfred Hitchcock-directed thriller North by Northwest, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Tyson Ferris. I am Jeremy Sternhagen. And we are from The Real Jaws Minute. We talk about Jaws one minute at a time. Yep. Amongst other things. Yeah. In season two, which we're in right now. Yeah. Jaws sequels and ripoffs. Yeah. And uh, so minute 23 starts with mother mugging for the camera. (laughs) And it ends with Roger, mother, and the detectives, and his lawyer. At the Townsend's doorstep. Townsend. Not Townsend. Townsend. <laughs> I wonder how many people are doing uh, Cary Grant impersonations in this podcast. <laughs> we haven't heard any of them yet. Yeah. Um, my favorite Cary Grant impression is the one that Matt Gorley does. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> nothing like Cary Grant. <laughs> Sounds like a bad uh, uh, Asian stereotype. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> Um, you do it wrong. Yeah. I can't do it. I shouldn't oh, do it. It's so bad. You should really shouldn't. And um, uh, conversely, he's right up against one of the better Cary Grant impersonations, which is, um, uh, uh, oh, man. Ah. <laughs> cool. That's good. <laughs> po- come to me. That's good podcasting right yeah, there, folks. Uh, if you want to hear a good uh, Cary Grant impersonation, listen to the Star Wars Minute. Yes. And uh, Matt Gorley is on with this, uh, that other guy. Uh, uh, yeah. And they do it on uh, James Bond minute, yeah. not minute. James Bonding. James Bonding. Yes. yes. Oh boy, that was gold. All gold. Right. <laughs> gold, Jerry. Gold. So, um, Cary Grant's uh, head and hand acting here. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's, what? He's Steve McQueening. Yeah. What do you What do you think about this? <laughs> It, well, he's so, sober now and he's is he, hung over. Is he okay? So, it, so I, there's two reasons for it. Is he ashamed of the situation he's in, or does his head hurt from the bourbon? Both. You think it's All both? Above. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's one or the other. I, I don't know. I don't know if I love it. It's a little much to me. I just don't think people do that. Really. <laughs> I think just does watching... that alleviate head pain? Putting your hand to your head. Well, doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just being too uh Yeah. It's almost like you watch this movie one minute at a time and watch that minute a lot. I I did <laughs> and I I noticed it. So uh yeah, it's uh in when I was watching the movie in full, it did not present itself to me. <laughs> it did present itself to me when I was watching minute by minute. So yes. I will I will concede that. So Yeah. Um, so, uh, my favorite thing about this minute is the judge. Yes. And do you know why? Because he's probably been in other Hitchcock movies or the Alfred Hitchcock Hour or Alfred Hitchcock Presents? Uh, that's uh, probably true. Okay. But um, uh, my favorite reason for this judge is he's in Duel. No way. He's the old man in the car. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. And he's the old man that shows up in the helicopter in Close Encounters. For our listeners' benefit, we care because we recorded We we literally just did Duel. For Jaws. Yes. Steven Spielberg's first movie. Yeah. That's crazy. That would have only been, uh, yeah, like what? 
12 years after this movie. Yeah. Yeah, not too far off. So, uh, yeah, he's the old man in the car. Isn't that freaking awesome? Small world, man. Yeah, I just loved that. Oh, man, I was Weird so, ex- because so excited. I, I wonder, most of this movie would have been shot, like, on stage. This movie was probably shot all over the place, but, like, was that scene, is this scene shot in L.A., is what I'm getting at. Uh, um, like well, this, this is MGM, so almost everything's shot on a So stage. this would be a, an L.A. Yeah. soundstage, yeah. I'm imagining, yeah. this courthouse. Yeah. 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 A lot of location shooting in this movie, too. Yes. But this movie makes big use of, like, now we're in South Dakota. Now we're on a soundstage with a matte painting. Now we're back in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. The location stuff is minimal. <laughs> minimal. I don't know that Cary Grant ever set foot in South Dakota for this movie. I think... Uh, a production crew. Well, apparently he did because uh, in in my uh, uh, some of the trivia mm-hmm. uh, that I was reading, uh, even Marie Saint uh, found out that he would charge people for a for an autograph, <laughs> and she learned in that South Dakota. she learned that in South Dakota, okay. um, and uh, yeah, he um, would charge them fifteen cents for an autograph. Wow. I know. So, oh, I know what shot it is. Sorry, we're totally off of our minute. It's uh, there's a shot of the patio outside mm-hmm. when he walks into the building. Yeah, but the inside of that, I believe, is all a soundstage. Absolutely. But the outside, yes. There's. A, it's, I think it's like one shot. He walks in. Yeah. Anyway, even the even the like uh, patio with like the viewfinder and hit and the Mount Rushmore in the background. That's a. a Plate. That's an effect shot. Yeah, that's totally an effect shot. Yeah. There's so many plate work, so much plate work. Yes. It's crazy how much plate work there is. Um, One of my biggest um, gripes with Hitchcock movies. He, I, and I think that if I'm going to throw shade at Hitchcock, I think it's because he's like. He just didn't want to be on location. He didn't want to leave L.A. I think he loved being there. He liked being on sound stages. He did not like being out in the world because you can control it. Because you can control it yeah. there, and I, I get that. But man, yeah. it, it at a certain point it it adds a I don't know a falseness to your films. I think it I think it adds I think it it's of the time and it fits, but it ages in good ways and bad ways. I think it ages in a bad way because you're like, oh, I see that how that's done, and that looks like an effect shot. But I think there's also a charm to Sure. Just this period of movies looking and feeling that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Where everything looks way too well lit. Basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, so yeah, the other thing uh, I love how uh, Sergeant Klinger in this scene is just reveling in Thornhill's discomfort. Oh. <laughs> if you just watch <laughs> Klinger through this whole scene, he's great. He that's Klinger who's standing right next to him through yeah. this whole thing again. Yeah. Oh, you're Sta- right. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have his hat on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just he's just totally enjoying uh Yeah. Cary Grant. Uh just I to the point of shooting on a stage, I think the blocking in this is a bit weird. Why is the officer literally two feet to the left of the Why lawyer. is the doctor sitting in the same seat that he was sitting in in the f- scene before this? I'll tell you why. Because they shot this scene the same day. <laughs> they shot the drunk scene. Probably. Yeah, this is afternoon. They, yeah. they, bro- they shot the drunk scene in the morning, they broke for lunch, and then they shot that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, absolutely. Ah. and yep. Hitchcock's like, 
just bring the ball over. This, this, this. He's like, we'll move it five feet this way. All right, bring in the extras. We'll yeah. shoot this in the afternoon. Yes, that is my Hitchcock impersonation. There well, you go. Don't talk about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite quote of his. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, then uh, we get another dissolve, another passage of time, yes. right? And we get a 1958 Ford Fairlane Ooh, 500. I am feeling really bad about my podcasting skills that I didn't think to look up what kind of car that is. I, I was did like, have an, I, I, we got not much else in this minute, so I better look up the car. I have a car note. Yeah. We get a, maybe, our Alfred Hitch, a second Alfred Hitchcock cameo. Because you get a good look at the crew in the reflection of this super slick, clean car. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. You just kind of see that there's a crew there. I don't think you can. I missed it. You can't pick anybody. Yeah. Tell me again what the car is. A 1958 Ford Fairlane 500. Sharp looking car. It is a sharp looking car. Yeah. So this would be basically a brand new car. Hmm. When they were filming this. And so. This came out in 59. So here's a question for you. Who's, let me look, I'm just going to scroll through the minute here. Let's just bring that shot up. Here we go. Who's driving? One of the detectives. Is it his car? Yeah. Is it the county car? Who knows? It's a pretty sharp car for pretty the- Pretty sharp uh, car for the uh, local detectives. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. But hey, everybody wore suits back in those days, so, you know. Yeah. Nobody was slumming it back then. Yeah. And those guys are, uh, they're the only ones in hats. Mm-hmm. So you know they're official. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Hats kind of died out like real hard in the mid 60s. Just men wearing hats. I, I think this would be like the last bastion of hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Even James Bond wore a hat in the opening. Uh, Which uh, would be the sequence. next year. Yeah, yeah. 1960. Nine, six, this is, no, no. Uh, Dr. No? 61 or 2. Was it? I'm, I'm, okay. Bear with us, listeners. I'm going to say 62, and as I uh, bring up the Google here, Dr. No, and the answer is 1962. Okay. Boom. So. But very close. So three years later, we get. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, talking about James Bond. This movie has some James Bond. It's got a lot of James Bond vibe. And I was like, but this is pre-James Bond. The film character of James Bond. Yes. Not the not the uh, literature. Yeah. Yes. But you know who Ian Fleming uh, wanted, or at least I don't know if he wanted him for James Bond, but mm-hmm. um, he kind of styled him. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is Archibald Leach. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Cary, so, and uh, the famous story about uh, Cary Grant was game to do it yeah. and why he didn't do it. He felt he was too old. Uh, there's another reason. He would only commit to one, one movie. One film. Oh. Which is the same as saying you're too old. Like, And uh, the producers wisely said, no, we want to get somebody in here for a few movies. Yeah. So uh, good call, Broccoli and uh, Saltzman. Yeah. Um, so um, speaking of too old, do you think Cary Grant is too old for this role? Ooh. Um... My first reaction would be to say yes and come up with all the reasons why. However, I think that's one of the charming things of this movie. I I think he totally nails it. Yes. But I will concede, I think on paper, he probably is too old for this role. 
like the idea of a 55 year old guy trotting around the country dealing with espionage and and just kind of doing not that a 55 year old can't do it i just there's a lot of this character in the what seems to be in the script that this is a younger man i think you're probably right so okay Let's let's hit it right now. You're make you're Alfred Hitchcock. You're making this in 1958. Who are you casting? I I I I'm just saying. I think this this is written for a man easily 15 years younger than Cary Grant is. Uh, I'm gonna say 10. 10. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, 15. Yeah, 40 year old. Yeah. 40, 45. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Someone who's still uh physically, not to say you 55 year olds aren't physically capable. Uh, uh Cary Grant isn't. Great shape in this film. Like, yeah, takes his shirt off. Man. He looks, he looks great. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he pulls his pants up to his armpits, but uh, <laughs> look back then. I, I'll. Uh, hey, if it's good enough hey, for Humphrey Bogart, it's good enough hey, for Cary Grant. You know, there's no bad minutes. There's only bad podcasting. Uh, but I will say that uh, when we got these minutes, there was part of me that was like, oh. I just, all I could think of was so many great scenes in this movie that I would have loved to talk about, right? And the minutes we got <laughs> are none of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cary Grant being drunk. I was like, okay, we got Cary Grant being drunk. And then I missed, then we missed like my favorite drunk line of his was they fed me a whole bottle of bourbon, yeah, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. yeah, anyway. One of my, I got so many favorite lines in this movie. One of my favorites, I'll just bring it up now, I think, because. It's not to do with Cary Grant being shirtless, but just Cary Grant looking good mm-hmm. is the scene when he's in, he's scaling the side of the building and he sneaks in through the window and the woman with no glasses on goes, stop. And she puts her glasses on and goes, stop. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> to the point of him being quote unquote too old, where this movie I think succeeds brilliantly is this movie they really lean into Cary Grant being Cary Grant, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I remember watching this movie. I Cause he's, he's not even playing a character. He's just, he is Cary, Cary he's just Cary Grant. Oh, yeah. 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 That's why he's great. Yeah. And I can tell you the first time I saw this movie, but I can tell you that watching it with my, you know, in the eighties when my grandparents would have been in their late fifties, early sixties, uh, watching this and just seeing, my grandparents just like kind of just eating this movie up, just eating it up. Yeah. Uh, and they had seen it a bunch of times. Sure. But the eighties was when suddenly, you know, you also could see these things. You again. could see these whenever you like, you could buy, I'm going to go buy. Like, I think we mentioned this in, in uh jaws minute a lot. Uh, but in 19, for example, in 1979, if you wanted to go watch North by Northwest, you probably couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't just be like, I'm going to go watch it. But in 1986. Unless there was like a revival theater or something right. that happened to be showing it. Yeah. yeah. But in 1985, 1986, you know, yeah. suddenly it was available to you and cable. Yeah. So when North by Northwest came on, not even Turner Classic Movies, but back then it would have been TBS or AMC. Mm-hmm. When that would come on, it was like, all right, hurry up, everybody clean up dinner. North by Northwest is on at eight o'clock. Uh-huh. Like that's my memory of movies sure, like this in the eighties. For 80s. sure, yeah. And anyway, so anyway, just all that to say, like, this movie was introduced to me as like 
Everybody Shut Up. Yeah. A Cary Grant movie directed by Alfred Hitchcock is on. Yeah. And that's Alfred Hitchcock was never not like a god to uh-huh. me as a kid because yeah. that's how he was introduced to me and Car- uh, did I say Cary Alfred Hitchcock and Cary Grant yeah, yeah, just yeah. like boom yeah yeah um so do you think this is kind of a, a proto James Bond yes <laughs> much we're not the only ones yeah much way much in the way of uh, uh you know kind of duel we were talking about that yesterday mm-hmm. um. Uh, Duel's kind of a proto Jaws, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think this has all the kind of fingerprints of a James Bond movie. Yeah. Uh, without the character actually being yes, James Bond. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. He's like a reluctant James Bond. <laughs> I have another movie uh, that uh, I think I think this is a proto other movie. Ready? Mission Impossible? No. Oh. No. Earlier. Oh, I'm talking. I, you take this. You take the like the plot hits of this movie, and then mm-hmm. go look at like. Oh, Rogue, I'm not, I'm go not, look at Rogue Nation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like. Well, and Mission Impossible Two is um, notorious. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's Tom Cruise working with his screenwriters, going, oh, "I got an idea for you." <laughs> uh, I think North by Northwest is the proto Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, Ready? interesting. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So at the risk of... Uh, I don't think it's as good as that movie, but... Well, nah, just no. No, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either, but just bear with me. So at the risk of sounding verbose, but hey, that's what podcasting is. Sure. So when I talk to movie people about movies that I love and what I love about movies and movie the kind of movies I love... Like what makes a good movie to me? Everyone has their own tastes, what they like in a movie. But one thing I can say is almost universally true of every movie I like is that they have a, a linear narrative, meaning a, B, C, you just, you just move from one thing to the next, Mm -hmm. but more specifically what happens is every scene puts you into the next scene even if there's a passage of time. So scene A gets you to scene B, scene B, you know, you're not just like cutting into this like totally unrelated thing. Like your character is thrown into a situation Mm -hmm. and all the circumstances in the movie bring him into the next situation. It's a stair step. It's a stair step. Everything, like he literally, something starts literally in the first five minutes of the movie and you're off and running. Mm -hmm. You don't have to lay groundwork you don't have to set the stage. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you literally set the stage as the story is unfolding. Yes. And this is just to me like basic movie making, but there are certain movies where it's that's just right at the forefront. That's just, just how the story is being told. The best the best storytelling is when you're you're put into the middle of a story, mm-hmm. not the start of a story. Exactly. And that's kind of what I'm saying. By comparison, a movie like Psycho doesn't quite follow those rules. Like it, the movie does a 180 right in the middle. I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. I might like Psycho better than I like North by Northwest. Yeah. Just my personal preference. Sure. But stylistically, storytelling-wise, North by Northwest has many of the traits that I love about movies. And the reason I'm relating it to Raiders of the Lost Ark is your hero 
literally in the first five minutes gets something thrown at them that they just have to run with. Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones literally says it in the movie, but Roger Hor- Thornhill could say it in the movie is, I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go. <laughs> yeah. Roger Thornhill is completely like, and that's like every scene he goes into, it's like, Hey, what are those guys doing over there? I don't know. Well, how do I figure this out? I don't know. I'll check into the hotel and then I'll go up here and I'll figure out who's closed. You know, totally. He just is grabbing the information he has and running with it mm-hmm. with no, like, I don't know where I'm going, but I know this is what I'm going to do next. And that, and for and that, some reason I'm going to bring my mother along with me <laughs> <laughs> or Karen Allen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it keeps the audience just like, Although for my money, I'm picking Karen Allen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what it does great is it keeps the audience. Sorry, like, mom. <laughs> Roger's mom or your mom? No, Roger's okay. mom. Okay. Uh, I think it just, that's a great way of keeping your audience um, just completely hooked. Even if the payoff doesn't work out at the end sure. of the movie, you're just, the audience is going like, like, oh my gosh. Like well, that that's one of the great things. One of the great things about this movie is it's what's the whole movie about? It's not about anything. We don't know what anything's doing. We don't know um, what anybody's doing. We'd, well, it's just like Psycho and any good Hitchcock movie is there. You have your MacGuffin, right? Yeah, but we don't doesn't even matter. But but it's so much doesn't matter that it's not even discussed in this movie until the. It's like. Like there's like one line at the very end about, about what like the, microfilm or something. And it's like, oh, that's how he was doing it. Well, you it. get the scene. But it's like almost not even a thing. Like it's, it absolutely does not matter at all. Like I, yeah. So I don't know how to talk about, okay. So we just have to talk about other minutes that haven't even come up yet. <laughs> so sorry to future minutes, but after well i think i think we should cut this okay we we we, we can we can get into this in okay other minutes here. okay we so there's interesting we were worried this was gonna be the, our shortest episode and now it's our longest well, hey, <laughs> as soon as you give me the reins to get off topic as is obvious like i i can talk man yeah well hey um we'll wrangle jeremy in here and um you uh, can catch us tomorrow, and uh, I need to explain to you that uh, Hitchcock Minute Podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and at the main site of HitchcockMinute.com. Social media is available at The Man on Washington's Nose on Facebook. Uh, you can also catch us at on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. Oh, yeah, and also check us out at uh, The Real Jaws Minute. Where we talk about Jaws. Yeah, join us uh, next time right here on The Real Hitchcock Minute. Bye. Bye. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.